Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Nourish the Soul, Nicole. So this is uh, yet another episode on uh, the On a Mission series, right, which was inspired by the Vatican's document, Redemptorist Missio. And we're very, very heartened and very blessed to have Carlos with us here today, right, all the way from, from Ecuador. Right, just to give you a little bit of background about Carlos. So uh, me and Carlos were, you know, back in university a couple of years ago in, in LSE and then we were, you know, involved in the in the Catholic Society. And I just found it, you know, what a very fitting time also to catch up with him about, you know, how all of us are serving God, right, in our own ways. And yeah, we're very, very happy to have Carlos here. Hi, Carlos. How are you doing today? Hi, how are you, Nicole? It's, it's really nice to talk to you again after all these years. Yes, it's been like a very long... Congratulations with the... For... Yeah, congratulations for the project that you have been managing already for so long. Like, it's great the work you're doing. I think that, yeah, I think really God has really, like, guided us in, in many different ways. And, you know, like, and, you know, now that I've just, like, caught up with you, like, now you're, like, you're actually, you've become a father, right? If, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, I have a little daughter of 18 months, 17 months. Yeah, how, how, 19 oh, months, months. Wow. Yeah. How, how do you feel, like, you know, uh, your faith has like really informed about, you know, your role as, as a father, you know, and, and how do you find this as also a way to, to serve his larger church? Okay, for me, uh, one thing that I learned in high school, I went to a Catholic high school the last two years of my life, is to have your priorities in order. Uh, that I remember, like, they taught us that first, of course, has to be God and our willingness to to serve the Lord, and then the most important thing to to serve the Lord is to serve your own family. Like sometimes we are just like so obsessed of like uh, getting more followers or to like get a better job, or but I think like the most important mission a human being has in their own lives is to be to be the center, to be like a, a good family member. Um, with regards to my family, uh, for me, it was a bit hard. Like, the idea of... No, the idea of becoming a dad is something that I was looking forward to. But then one thing is the idea, and another thing is, like, actually performing as a dad and performing as a husband. Because um, you have to accept that we come in a broken format, and we have so many different issues uh, all of ourselves, and... Then you are confronted with a different human being. My wife is from Germany. I'm from Ecuador. Uh, we come from different cultures. And uh, I think knowing that we are different uh, has helped us uh, understand that we have to work um, better. Yesterday, I was watching, for example, a, a video about marriage counseling. And the, the preacher, he was saying that when he gives like conference about marriage counseling, they talk a lot about um, pilots, like that that they work with planes. So the number one rule or the number one thing they they remind to to pilots is that they can crash. Like sometimes we feel that we are invisible. Uh, me as a role as a father or as a husband, like I have been for for so many years in the faith. And I have like the example of St. Joseph that was a great saint and we know very little about because he he used to work in such an invisible way, but he must have had such a 
great role in forming the life of Jesus, also his personality as a human being, right? So uh, if we know that we could crash, uh, then we remind ourselves that we need to really keep focus in working in the marriage. Uh, so that has helped me a lot uh, to understand that even though I have all this formation and everything, to put it in practice in, in everyday life is really, really hard. Uh, and now even more with the pandemic that has put so many couples in at risk, right? Uh, thanks to like the, the context, I think sometimes you just have to let yourself be guided. Uh, we start watching with my wife, like the, the series of, of Father Mike Schmidt, uh, watching the, every, every Sunday Mass with him. And I don't know how the Holy Spirit is really great. He has touched my wife deeply and she started to ask a lot of questions. Sometimes like I think is the most important thing is to be just available for her and to just listen to whatever she, she questions she may have. And my wife is like, when I met her, she called herself a Buddhist, which is a great philosophy. I really like a lot of things about it. But right now she's discovering more and going back to her original faith or what the Catholic faith. And uh, I'm really grateful. Like I'm really happy to, to see that we are able to have a family, like every family that has a lot of problems that sometimes we fight or sometimes we don't know how to communicate better. But we have to understand that we live in, we live in times of great anxiety, but in general, we are working a lot in how to communicate better, how to trust more, how to be there more for the other one, uh, how to help or without the other person asking for help, but with the baby that sometimes is very demanding. Uh, but yes, I'm, I'm really happy to, to be currently in the situation that I am with the woman that I am now, that is my wife. I really love her a lot. And also the blessing of having my daughter because sometimes, I don't know, we are... We don't know what's going to happen in the future because we live in times of great uncertainty. But sometimes she comes and she makes a joke and she laughs or she just jumps from a, from a sofa or, or whatever she does. And you just laugh and you understand the importance of the moment or being present in the, in like, in the now. And when you see life like that, it, like the days become more bearable and even enjoyable and to... And you can even say sometimes some days we thrive in our relationship, like we are happy to be together. So for me, like that being a dad, being a husband, like it's the main, the main job in, in my, in my life. Like it's the priority really that I want to, the, the, the most important project that I want to uh, take part in my life. Uh, and then I have other other things that I do in order also to serve the church. But for me, I would say like the most important thing is to be there for my family. I think that like, is, is very, very beautiful that you started off, you know, like this, this um, discussion with how you said that you got the priorities, right. Which is like, you know, to, to prioritize like your family, you know, and, and your role as like a, as a father and a husband. I think it's also very beautiful. A lot of things that you have, have highlighted about how actually, you know, uh, it's a very human thing, right, to to be able to care for one's family. Because sometimes when we think about mission, we think, oh, I must go out, right? I must go far away, uh, you know, out into the, you know, like into on mission. Uh, like I have to be really far away from my home in order to serve God. But you have brought it back home, which I think is 
it's a very important thing that we also, I think, need to, to know, we need to value more, right? Give it more attention, which is actually, you know, our roles as, you know, within the family unit. And I find it also very beautiful that you, you've always been talking about how the Holy Spirit uh, is working through you, right? Is working through, you know, various things to, to speak to yourself, to, to help you to be the father that you want to be to, to your daughter and also the husband that you want to be to your wife. And I think that that's a very, very important thing that you have shared uh, with us uh, about really kind of centralizing this mission within the home, you know, and giving it that importance because you were saying like St. Joseph is like often forgotten, right? As the, you know, the earthly father of Jesus, but actually he played a very important role and he was like a cornerstone of that family unit. I think you are, you as well also are very important uh, cornerstone also in your own and family unit and you are also living out this this mission and vocation you know and you also were saying that you know besides also uh, looking you know at, at, as your family you know as as a, as a place of mission you also I think have been involved in a lot of of things outside of the home so I think you're like a very multi-dimensional individual Carlos <laughs> but would you like to share with us how also you are taking this mission like you know out uh, into the world and ministering to, to people, you know, within Ecuador and, you know, worldwide as well. Okay, so now I'm, I'm going to talk to you about a project that I'm helping uh, one priest, help of my friend of mine, uh, that is called Diez Minutos con Jesús, 10 Minutes Ooh. with Jesus. And the project originally started as a way to share, like, not homilies, but like reflections, daily meditations, to Catholic people, to Catholic like likes, like normal people, mm. like you and me. Uh, so every morning they will receive that. And I, I remember I came from, I lived in China for a while. So I, when I was living there in China, is a very consumist place. Like you, everything is in the area where I was living. Everything was based on wealth mm. and and prestige and connections and guanxi. Mm. Guanxi yes. is the the word. Uh, uh, but I don't know. I I had that need of going back to the church, like to to have some like content that would form me. So I have one friend of mine. His mom is a great Catholic, and she has a great mission, a lot of projects. She started to share these homilies uh, in WhatsApp to me. And when I was in China, there were a lot of homilies that deeply touched me. Uh, and when I came here to Ecuador, I shared these with the priest and then some months later they start he he gathered other 10 priests and he started this project where uh, every one of them would make an uh, ref a daily reflection of 10 minutes to share with people uh, long story short right now that project has like 25,000 oh, people that's amazing. Uh, 25,000 normal likes that received that all through Latin America mm -hmm. And there's also like another project like that that is formed in Spain that has about 50,000 people that receive the, the meditations every single day. Uh, but uh, my role in this project started when the father said, okay, we have to, to step up the game yeah, a bit. Um, and he said, like St. Joseph, like sometimes is like mm -hmm. forgotten. Uh, we have so many priests all over the, the the continent in Latin America that they because sometimes in Latin America really you are in the freeway and and sometimes we went to do missions like in a in a town that is like uh, 
you see a little road of earth in the middle of the way and you go five hours into that road and then you reach a town. Uh, so, and sometimes like we have these priests uh, in those towns that have so much influence in the lives of their communities, but we don't give that mm-hmm. importance to, to that, right? Uh, and sometimes like we don't have to be the people going to the mission, but if we provide a good content to that priest, that priest can make mm-hmm. wonders because again, it's like we are teaming up with the Holy yes, Spirit yes. again. So he's, he's doing all yes. the work, right? And also, sometimes, like, I don't know, I listen to an idea that comes from Father my kids, or I listen to an idea that comes from you uh, in Singapore. And I don't know, like, nobody is asking copyrights uh, to the whole spirit, <laughs> no, right? So sometimes it's just sharing ideas that are, like, powerful and that really can change lives. So what I, sometimes what we do is just that, is, like, we gather ideas, we create new content, and... Uh, we started this idea of like how to empower priests to have uh, more content, better content, so they can make better homilies to transform people's lives. Uh, and another thing is like in there's a pastoral work that a priest has. Like talking to this friend of mine, I know that on a daily basis he guides around 20 people per day. So if you think about it, it's like uh, if you guide 20 people per day in a month, you are guiding mm. 600 wow. people. It's, uh, one, one single priest has that capacity of, of helping so many people. So right now, uh, our project has started uh, little by little. Um, and right now we have over 400 priests, like 415 priests all over the world. Like we have priests in Hong Kong, uh, in Cameroon, in Sweden, uh, a lot of priests in Latin America, in Colombia, in Argentina, uh, in Chile, in Mexico. Uh, so what we do is we prepare this content and uh, we are, okay, on, a, on Monday we share them a reflection of the fathers of the church that are important figures of the church that write very important content that have been able to shape the tradition of the church but that the, the things that they wrote uh, didn't make it into the gospel. Mm. But nevertheless, it's very important content and has shaped a lot of the, a, a lot of great saints uh, come to my mind. And so every Monday we share that content. Then on, on Tuesday, we share the news of the church. What's going on in mm. the Vatican City? What's going on with projects of the church? Scandals of the church? Um, projects that are being funded by the church. The church is doing so much great work all over the world, but we also have problems inside the church because we are we are made yes. of humans, right? And so it's very important to be aware that they they don't catch the priest uh, off guard and they don't know about something that is going on in the world, right? In the in the life in the life of the church, uh, that's on a. Tuesdays. Then on Wednesday, we share a video on how to guide people. For example, sometimes, uh, I don't know, for me, like the life of a priest is incredible because they have to deal with the most creative problems the human mind can have. Like, uh, I don't know, sometimes uh, like a young woman comes and says, Father, I'm not able to have a final husband yet. How do you 
how how do you guide that person or uh, i'm having a lot of fights and struggles with my mom or with my dad or or with my family so we always try to share like three pieces of advice to better guide those people because like priests are doctors of theology but they don't have to be necessarily psychologists True. but on a daily basis when you think about everything that goes in those towns where nothing arrives it's like they have to deal with the same problems that i have to deal in the city uh, fights with the neighbors or whatever so we always try to share like a two-minute video where we give three pieces of advice of, on how to guide better like daily things that happen to, to people. Then on Thursdays, uh, we have something that is, in the, the, the priests have to do something that is called the homily of the hours, mm -hmm. the tradition of the hours. I don't know how you translate that in English, but it is like a lot of things that, that they have to do. And sometimes like priests forget mm -hmm. to do that. And we have to, they have, they have to understand also or, um, that the most important thing that they have is also how to bring all the problems that people bring them and to communicate it mm. to God. So we make like um, a video also of one minute and a half, two, min two minutes, where we explain the importance of all those parts of the homily of the hours. So like that, the priests are motivated to do it in a better way, right? Mm. And then on Friday, we have like our star product. <laughs> that is like the thing that people ask me the most, really, is those ideas to make the homily more uh, attractive. Mm. I remember one time I went with my wife to a, to a church. We were like late uh, and we had to find a church like in the way. And we end up in this church with this very traditionalist priest and he was talking against uh, homosexuals and, and and it was really hurting because sometimes also priests they don't know what the catholic church is preaching about because catholic church is preaching about love and acceptance mm. and and bringing everybody to our home and it was sad and i saw my wife was getting so angry about what the priest was saying so for me it's really important also to 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 talk about what's going on in the church right mm. in the how the catechism of the catholic church can be interpreted in different ways and and sometimes it's just sad, like to see that the interpretation goes in such a wrong way, even against what the Catholic Church is saying, right? Because the Catholic Church is always saying love, and that we have to accept everybody and love everybody, and to welcome everybody to the house. So yeah, we try to pass this content, and on Friday that is the the start content of of the homilies, uh, like that. For me, it's like I don't know, shocking that sometimes. I am talking to bishops or yeah. in this project or people that are highly ranking the Catholic church and they write me like, thank you very much. Or that was great. Or that it has even moved me or, and yes, it's like, it's helping the helpers. Yes. Like, yeah. And very like, and then that's yeah. it. And I find it like so amazing that you, you have like this five day kind of like strategy and you're like helping so many different people. And like, because you started out, you know, you said, okay, we want to help like the priests, you want to empower them because they are our spiritual fathers, right? They are the people who are carrying out the pastoral work in all of these, you know, various um, areas, right? You know, whether it's in Ecuador or worldwide, right? They are actually like the frontline staff, like, you know, like in, in a hospital, you have 
doctors and nurses and the frontline staff, but they, they are like the frontline spiritual staff, like the first people that people will approach. Because you were saying like on the Wednesday video, um, you can people approach priests with all kinds of problems, right? That they may not be completely prepared for because these are sometimes a bit more psychological problems and more of like modern, you know, contemporary problems, and they might not be, you know, like they didn't may they may not be fully equipped, lah. Like actually, uh, like a beautiful verse is like you know God doesn't really send the fully equipped out there, but He equips those lah that He sends out there actually. So I think that's exactly you know like the mission that you are achieving. I think throughout this. Um, you know this ten ten minutes with Jesus and this entire um I I see that you know as a very cohesive um service I think to to the church because that like, you not only reach out to to priests right who kind of need and sometimes you need a little bit of motivation you need a little little bit of direction but the interesting thing is like, that you give them like the spiritual food or you give them like the bread and then they take the bread and then they go and share it with so many other people or like, all the people you know that um come to mass, right, in, in whatever church that they are serving. And I find that very, very, very heartening. And, and the fact that you said that, you know, even the bishops are sending you emails, it's like, there is no really big hierarchy, I think, right, in the church. I think a lot of us, like your, yourself, Carlos, I mean, like, we are all lay people and we're actually really empowered uh, to serve the church like, in a wider capacity. But that's only, you know, through the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit is informing all of our decisions and you said that we can't copyright the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is just is working through us and like and moving us. And I think he really has moved your heart like a lot, you know, to really want to minister to so many people, right? Like create, you know, all of this content which I'm sure, you know, a lot of people have have benefited from. And sometimes you don't even see the impact of what you have done, right? And but then from what you're saying, like so many people, you know, in so many different countries and different languages, you know, and you're just trying to communicate you know, the central message of like, you know, God's love, right, to everyone in these various ways, working to the to the priest, to, you know, uh, various people who are looking for some uh, direction. And I think that, yeah, you have really provided this very safe uh, pastoral space, you know, for priests, because usually we may even um, forget about, the, forget about, you know, the clergymen, you know, in, in the church, because we think that they, they are perfectly fine by themselves and you know they 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 definitely know how to uh to guide the church. But I think like you you know you as a lay person like coming in, in in this aspect, right? And like sort of like giving them that motivation, that push and you know kind of structuring all of this content so that it's easy for them uh to communicate and to include in their homilies. You know, it, it gives them motivation also to want to uh you know communicate God's message in, in a new way to be open to new things. I think it's like uh, a very, a very amazing, very unique uh, mission and vocation. Yeah. And really, really pleased also <laughs> to hear from yeah, all of your exciting work. Okay. Yeah. If, 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 like, going back to that number that I said, like, uh, if a priest, a single priest, like, for example, mm. treats, like, 20 people yeah. per day, uh, if, if right now we have 400 oh, wow. priests, uh, it's like, it's, the, the the amount of work that we are reaching is like we are reach, reaching more or less eight thousand people per day. Oh, that's amazing. Like, uh, <laughs> but like some, some, and I don't know if you if you extrapolate that per month, it's like two hundred and forty thousand yeah. people. Like uh, it's insane. But but I don't know. Sometimes like we have, get obsessed about the numbers. Yes. And sometimes yes. for me the numbers they don't say anything. Uh, for me, the most important thing is to reach that one person. Yes. Like I remember when I was living in China, uh, my my wife, my my then girlfriend, 
sometimes would get like angry with me because every time that I would live somewhere in China, I would say, Shandy bow your knee, like, God bless you. <laughs> and she was like, why are you saying that? That's not culturally appropriate. And, and I was like, maybe it's not, but maybe it's the only thing that they will listen from God in their mm, lives, you know? True. Because we would go to this, we were one time in Lijiang, mm. in that one church that like, uh, there were a lot of martyrs that, that mm. died there. And, and I, I remember I had to explain the faith to people there. And I don't know, it's like, I, I, sometimes I have to be convinced that, if I give a bit of God to, to, to people, I'm giving the best they can have in their lives, you know? Uh, me, myself, I'm a very broken person. I have a lot of things I struggle with. I have OCD for obsessive compulsive disorder. Uh, I have, like, inclinations to very bad things and everything, but um, because I'm a human being. But, like, putting my life in order thanks to, like, having guidance and having people that have helped me and loved me and have made me aware that I can do better and that I can go further and that my life can have a sense and I can serve better. Um, for me, it gives me a, a great sense for my own life. Like just to, to give you an example. Um, when I came back from, from making my master's degree, I work for a very important project for the Minister of Health here in Ecuador. I had to manage like a multi-million dollar project. After that, very shortly, I was named like the Secretary General of a very important organization in Ecuador. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I asked for, um, for uh, to revise the accounts of what happened in the previous administration because there were a lot of rumors of corruption and, and stuff like that. Uh, and the board of the organization decided, decided to, bother, to, to fire me. So I was really hurt. I was de- really deeply hurt like to know that I was trying to do the things in a good way and that I was kicked out of the organization because of that. And then very shortly after that, I was hired in the municipality of, of my city. And I have a similar situation with, with my boss that she asked me, please gather all this information. And I want that you give all this to to a friend of mine because I want him to get a commission, mm. you know? Uh, that's the problem of Latin American problems. We don't do everything with the due process, mm. right? Uh, and then I remember I told my boss, I'm sorry, but that doesn't respect the way the process should go. Um, and then after that, she really made my life impossible. And then I got really into a type of depression after that because I decided to leave because it was unbearable for me to, to continue there, knowing that there were so many, uh, so much corruption, so many like wrongdoings. But I remember talking to a priest of mine and he told me, no, it's, it's there where God wants mm. you to be. Uh, it's there where you have to be like a saint. Mm. Uh, Jesus was there in the midst of the, of the broken mm. people or in the people that were suffering, the people that were struggling. And after that, a, uh, my wife had the, to leave their mat- her maternity leave. Uh, it, it, it ended. And then I realized that, that I remember in that time, the, my, the priest that I talked to, Juan Carlos Vascones, he sent me um, a video of Father Max Smith <laughs> and, and where he was reflecting about the 40 years ah. where Moses was in the desert and that sometimes you just have to be there, yes. hanging there. Wait, wait, something is happening. Yes. And, 
God is preparing you for something better. Yes. And on that day, I said, okay, I have to accept now my mission as a dad. Mm. Uh, I come from a very like traditional family where like I have a fam uh, family members that are politicians that, that had great success, ambassadors or, or whatever, you know, and, uh, but also I saw in like in my fa in my own family, people that have achieved great roles, they also have like divorce or, or like problems in their own family or things that they struggle with. And, and then I realized that they mo that that's when I really got it. Like, I can have whatever position in life, president, CEO of whatever company, but if I fail with my own family, uh, what is the purpose of all mm -hmm. that? Like, I remember that Mother Teresa of Calcutta said, like, the first mission in, mm -hmm. in the first mission of every human being is to make other people happy, like, yes. or not to, to go and love your family. Like, if you want to help the world or if you want to help the church, go help your family. And It was through this project that I was able to take care of my daughter, be with her and everything, that I was available to be to be there for the priest that asked for his help. Because the, this priest that I'm working with is very smart, he's very proactive, but he also needs hands. Yes. He's in so many projects. He's, he, he also runs a project where he helps mothers, that, single mothers, mm -hmm. for example. Uh, he, he has so many different projects, but what he does is He puts a, one person in charge of the different projects he has. And I was really lucky that he chose me mm. because I also grow a lot as a, as a Catholic mm. and I get to learn a lot. Uh, and I am also surrounded by this community of, of virtually by priests like that they, they thank me or, and that's what I, what, what going back to what you were saying, it was through this project also that I also got to understand better the brokenness and, how sensible, sensitive a priest can be also. Like I was able to go through a study about how priests go through anxiety also in this. Imagine being like the center of the Catholic community and then all of a sudden you are close in your own community by yourself without a family, uh, without people to talk to or people that come to visit you and you are all by yourself there in your room and you cannot leave that there. and Right now, for example, we are making, there's a lot of projects going on to try to help finance churches that, and we are talking about churches that are in the middle of the city in, in wealthy areas. Imagine how financially a lot of uh, priests are struggling in, the, in rural areas. And yeah, so priests are like heroes that are forgotten in the, in the church. And we really have to pray for them that, that they keep up to the work also like, We have to be aware that uh, when a priest does something wrong, like a lot of people like struggle and suffer. So we also have to pray them a lot so they can really be up to the role. And, and also us, um, sometimes I realize that maybe I'm not a priest, but also I am called to be a saint. And, and it's through the, my minister of my family that I can do the best. Like I'm always going to be, I have those tendencies to do bad things and to, because I struggle also, but, Uh, if I let myself, if I have the humility the, to accept that I am broken and that I can do great things if I let myself to be guided and if I can obey, if I, obey, if I decide to obey, consciously decide to obey, uh, I, I can be happy, you know? And, 
And I see that also in like in so many families and like maybe they have achieved the best roles or like the best positions that life can uh, offer them, but they are not happy. And now that I, we talk about London, I remember <laughs> St. Thomas of Aquinas, like he, he died happy, like with humor, you know, yes. uh, he, the, the guy that was, he forgives the person that was going to cut his head and, Amazing. and he said something like, we're going up and, and that, did, he made that joke that I don't remember right now. Uh, but yes, after this, I'm going down, my head is going down. <laughs> he made even a joke in that moment, you know, and then he had his other friend where that he achieved like the best positions in that, that he became the chancellor of England. Uh, but, but he died alone yeah. in his bed, you know, with nobody. And, and St. Thomas of Aquinas have gave us so many, such a great example. And he has been such a great role model for so many people that came in the future generation. So uh, sometimes we are like really focused in thinking that our lives is like the, the, the end. And sometimes our life can really be a means to an end, to, to better things like God never allows anybody to win him in generosity. And yeah, maybe like right now I don't have like what I expected of myself uh, when I was a kid. Right now, I, let's say I would expect for me to be like a, working in a high office or whatever, but I'm really happy with the life I have right now. Like, and there's this difference that comes from this professor from LSE, Paul Dolan, of watching your life as a, like a picture versus a film. Like a lot of people, sometimes they are obsessed of presenting your life as a picture, right? I work in this great company and I am earning all this money and I have this Victoria's Secret model girlfriend or whatever, but, and that's the, the picture, right? In, in, in the picture, that looks great, but maybe that model, she has a lot of problems and drug addiction problems and, and maybe uh, you are, have all the money, but you cannot enjoy it. And in your boss, you in your work that you have a really great job, like uh, your boss is being mean to you, and and people are asking you to do bad things. And and whereas like it's watching your life, if you would see like the video of your life, how every day uh, you are going through, and how every day you are advancing the days, and if you're happy in an everyday life, like. Uh, right now I could say I have a really good life. I wake up, I have my daughter with me. We, we cuddle a bit with my daughter, with my wife. We talk, uh, uh, we have great days, you know, like the movie of my life right now is great uh, compared to what, pre what I previously have, like that picture of like the, the, the boss of the company or whatever. It, I, I was, I wasn't so happy back then, you know, and I compare it to now and, I'm really grateful with the type of life I have right now. Like it could always be better, but it could also go worse. And, and I'm just accepting and I'm happy with the life I have now. And I'm grateful to God, like, or for example, being today able to talk to you, like, I know you're doing great job and it's important also to, you, you asked me to, to, to talk to you. And I said, okay, of course, like I am, I am grateful to be part of this project also, you know, uh, sometimes we don't realize that, uh, maybe I said something today that may help someone and that may touch someone. And, and I don't even realize that, you know, like God asks in so mysterious ways and, 
And I'm just going to end by saying that, that sometimes the only thing that God asks from us is to be available, to be there, like to be able to say yes to the call, to whatever he asks. And sometimes the call is going to be hard, but if you are available, there is no way, no way on earth that if you say just yes to God, that you are not going to be happy. Like God never allows anybody to win him in generosity. I find that like that's a very beautiful way to to end this podcast and you're talking about being like available, you know, and then like going back also, you know, to to your point about um how, you know, instead of like focusing on the picture or, you know, a lot of the illusions that we have, you know, with how life should look at specific points in our life, like really yielding to the spirit. I think what I've really sensed from, you know, uh, our conversation today, Carlos, is like, you know, yielding to the spirit, you know, even though when you know that something is not right, you still, you know, allow the spirit to work through you, right? You know that, that in, in your own human nature, there's a lot of struggle between, you know, what other people want you to do versus what you know is actually, you know, right. You know, the, the right priority is actually going back to the, the things that you were saying just at the start of this podcast, you know, getting it right and like putting God, I think, as the focus, being fully present to him, right? And what you were also saying very beautifully about being able to touch that one person's life right, through, you know, whatever way the spirit is actually moving us, uh, I find that actually a very, very beautiful trait in this, you know, entire narrative of, of your story. And I'm very, very uh, blessed to be able to have, have caught up with you. And I really want to thank you so much for, you know, taking the time also to, to have this conversation with me. So thank you. Thank you very much, Carlos. It was, it was a pleasure. And just one more final thing. Don't forget about the community. It's very important to surround yourself by people that are like cheering you up. And if you are okay, you have love within yourself, you can give love to others. That are, but never forget that sense of community. And I'm really grateful that you have uh, reached out to make me part of your community in this podcast, Nicole. God bless your work you're doing, really. <laughs>